One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule and of course the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Anna and I'm here as ever with my two friends, Will and Ant. Hello. Well, okay. Hi. <laughs> so one of them will say hello at this point. Um, great. Thank you. Totally normal introduction. Uh, this week we're talking about the year 1985, yeah. which is really exciting. It is. I have come fully decked in my <laughs> elusive quadruple denim. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> it's amazing you found denim socks. Yes, the yeah. the, the, the three-piece suit and the denim socks yeah. completes yeah. the outfit. Um, it's, it's very chafy. It's, I'm also impressed that you're able to put your hair into a side pony. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's extensions. a real feat. I got extensions and put them into a side ponytail. So before we kick off, of course, we need our three word summaries. So, Will, can I have your preview, please? Colonial freedom path. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Colonial freedom path. Okay, Ant. Uh, mine is Sky Ain't Happy. Sky Ain't Happy. Sky Ain't Happy. Sky Ain't Happy on the Colonial Freedom Path. What is yours? Mine is Bring It Back. <laughs> Are there extra A's in the back? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote, how many? How many A's? In I wrote five, six A's. Yeah, so five superfluous A's. Is this Dolly the sheep? Maybe. <laughs> Is Dolly the sheep born in eighty-five? It could no. be. 96, I believe. No, you don't know when Dolly the sheep was born. Well, that's the top when of your she head. was cloned. So really, what are we? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Sorry, I do know that fact. All right. Well, onto whatever it is that we're going to talk about next. Yeah, onto not Dolly the sheep. Okay, here we go. Today, I'm talking about definitely the most controversial thing that happened in 1985, possibly the entire decade, perhaps the whole century. Are, are you ready? <laughs> yes. It was the introduction of New Coke. Oh, oh I've heard of this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hold on to your hats, people, because 
surreal story. <laughs> All right, so here's a little background to set the scene. Coca-Cola is a beverage, a soft drink. Oh, I mm. see. Yes, mm. it's popular around the world. Is it, is it a bit like Tab Clear? It's a bit, it's a bit <laughs> like Tab Clear. Must be popular on TikTok or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's trending um, on TikTok. But in the 40 years leading up to the 80s, Coke had gone from a 60% market share to 24% oh. as Pepsi got more popular. And Pepsi was getting popular specifically with younger people who, you know, we don't trust, but that's, <laughs> that was the case. Uh, and in 1980, a man named Roberto Goizueta becomes CEO of the Coca-Cola company mm-hmm. and tells the company that there are no sacred cows in terms of reversing this trend. So they put the cocaine back into it. <laughs> so they reintroduced the cocaine. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> He and a top secret group launched what they called Project Kansas, oh. which was a reformulation of the Coca-Cola, form- Coca-Cola formula to make it sweeter, because that's what people liked about Pepsi. Yes. And actually, so if you ever do the blind taste challenge with Pepsi and Coke, mm-hmm. Pepsi wins most of the time. because is that all right? They, they, all they give you is like a thimble full of, of, of drink. Yeah. yeah. And because your brain is wired, oh, this is sweeter, therefore my brain likes it more. Um they normally, not always, but often will go for the Pepsi. Yeah. And that's why they always beat in the blind taste test. Yeah. And then it turns out that if you give somebody a whole can of it or a bottle of it, after a while, they're like, oh, this is actually too sweet. And Potentially, it's just yeah. That, yeah. I mean, they're both equally great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are open to sponsorship <laughs> from both. Or yeah, either. yeah, yeah. Uh, or Marlboro, if they want to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. Uh, but the, the, kid, the, the kids, the youth really preferred that sweeter taste. Can I ask a question? Did they ever find the sacred cows? <laughs> because well, or did they not find them on the communist colonial freedom pathway? Well, Indian Indiana Jones uh, movie, I think. Mm. So the CEO comes in, he identifies that they're losing to Pepsi because of a lack of sacred cows. Yes. And he initiates a quest to Kansas he, to recover them. He, is that my is that correct That's so far? exactly right. Thank and you. on the way, just as a side project, yes. they tinkered with the formula Got for it. Coke. But that's oh, obviously okay. And you're gonna talk about the side project. Totally incidental. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, the sacred cow hunt uh, actually took place in nineteen eighty four. So I can't talk about it. I right. get mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But back in 1985, uh, they are getting ready to launch the outcome of Project Kansas, which is this new formulation of Coke. And they thought about launching it as a separate product, but they'd launched Diet Coke in 1982. They were preparing to launch Cherry Coke as well. Bottlers were already complaining about absorbing all these new products, and the company worried that another product would cannibalize old Coke's Mm. sales. Uh, So they decided to just launch it as Coke, replacing the current version. Taste tests had gone really well. They regularly beat regular Coke and Pepsi, uh, possibly because of what you Mm. said, Ant, about the, you know, a thimble full is is very sweet and and refreshing. In the South, which was a key market, people preferred the flavor. They were also really happy when they learned that it was a Coke product. However, about 10% of people in the South said that they would be angry if this... Sorry, is this, is this oh, sorry, Sussex? The South, the, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the global South? The South of America. Oh, I Not see. Not to be confused with South America. With South of anywhere else. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think it should be assumed when I say the South that you immediately know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the South of America, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, thereabouts... It was a key Coke market, but 10% of taste testers in the South said they would be angry if the new formula replaced regular Coke because 
They didn't want regular Coke to go away. They would have been fine if this was a new thing, but they didn't want it to replace it. And they said that it would make them stop drinking Coke products altogether. So this is just the stakes that we're working with here. Despite this, Coke decided to go ahead with the launch. They held a press conference at Lincoln Center in New York City, but it did not go well because reporters had apparently been fed questions from Pepsi. Oh, devious. <laughs> which is so good. It launched anyway. The stock went up after the announcement, and within a few days, 80% of the American public had heard about the change, which that I think is, is wow. actually Huge. crazy. I don't know that 80% have heard the news about anything yeah, in the States. Yeah, no, exactly. Like there's 20% or more haven't heard about the moon landing. Yeah, 20% or more are in their bunkers preparing yeah, for the apocalypse. That's incredible. Well done, marketing department. So not only had 80% of the public heard about the change, surveys showed that most people were buying new Coke at the same level as they had bought old Coke, and most of them liked it. But then things started to take a turn. I'm going to return us to the South, the Southern United States. Thank you. These are historically <laughs> very pro-Coke states. The home of Coca-Cola is Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, I didn't know that. It was first bottled in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, Chattanooga. Hang on, what are they, what, between Atlanta and Chattanooga, what do they use? The, just kegs? Uh, just, no, keep it, <laughs> just, keep it, just keep it in their pockets. Well, when it started, it was uh, it was a syrup that they sold at soda fountains. Oh. And yay. so three men in Chattanooga saw the potential of this and thought, what if you could put it in a bottle and give it to people so they didn't have to go to soda fountains? That's very clever. Yeah, they do the best bottles yeah in, in chattanooga they I really find. do yeah, yeah. i mean as a side note i am related to one of those three people <gasps> one of the yeah so i'm showing my colors here we are a coke family you're a coke family we're a coke family wow i didn't know so i mean like did you were you in the bottling were you in the I'm keg a, i'm a cola mogul you're a cola mogul <laughs> <laughs> How, what what relation uh i think it's my grandmother's great uncle was one of the three okay, so men. you're not at all related someone distantly <laughs> no but that's, yeah, i didn't that's say that's it was my dad okay i was like very excited for yeah. a second i thought you were like basically paris hilton no 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 god if i were paris hilton if i were any sort of mogul do you think i'd be doing this podcast <laughs> okay but your great great grandparent is that right uh, was the great, sibling great was the sibling yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's, that's like a thing yeah for many people in the south you're either a coke family or a pepsi family coke is a real part of your identity and lots of people thought that new coke violated this that is very important relationship. So deeply sad. I know. Well, Americans Capitalism, man. believe in a lot of things. And some of those things are silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this being America, people obviously took it too far. Some Southerners started saying that by releasing new Coke, the company was surrendering to the Yankees <laughs> since the product had launched in New York City and Pepsi is also based in New York. Did they know that... <laughs> A lot of people had already surrendered to the Yankees yeah. a couple hundred years before that. Yeah, did they know? Um, probably not. They, in some places in the South, the Civil War hasn't ended. So, <laughs> No wonder they were upset. They saw this is the real end of the Civil yeah, War. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just Lincoln betraying us all over again. <laughs> uh, one op-ed writer said that maybe because Goizueta's family, the CEO's family, was Cuban, that this was a communist plot. Oh. <laughs> Which was ironic because Fidel Castro, who was himself a huge Coca-Cola drinker, called New Coke a sign of American capitalist decadence. <laughs> so this, this is, is all so true. Bizarre, I know. I know. It's hilarious. It's like it's a soft drink. And where are the cows at this point? <laughs> <laughs> After a few weeks, the company was receiving 1,500 calls a day and thousands of letters. One person apparently told the hotline, I don't think I'd be more upset if you were to burn the flag in our front yard. 
So just real normal levels of reaction across the board here. Uh, as a quick aside, Bill Cosby had been a longtime Coke, sp- Coke spokesperson, but he ended his contract in the wake of New Coke, claiming that his commercials that praised the superiority of the new formula had hurt his credibility. Oh, gosh. So yeah. if only that was his only problem. <laughs> So with all this in mind, you can possibly understand why a mere 79 days after the launch, executives announced that they were reversing the decision and reintroducing the original formula of Coke, which would henceforth be known as Coca-Cola Classic. Okay. And this was such a big deal that Peter Jennings interrupted General Hospital with the news. And for a UK translation, that would be like Hugh Edwards breaking into EastEnders to tell everybody that old Coke was coming back. And now for our Indonesian listeners. (laughs) That would be like, (laughs) insert Indonesian anchor here. Um, A senator spoke from the Senate floor and called this a meaningful moment in US history. Again, the reactions just continue to be incredibly appropriate baffling yeah like they had no real problems in 85 yeah no no everything was cool i think you know what it was is that because it was still a cold war we needed a hot war and it was we needed a cold beverage for a cold war we needed a cold beverage for a cold war oh man you're very good at marketing i I know (laughs) You, you should have been in the mix so they reintroduced old coke which was now called coca-cola classic New Coke was still sold as just Coke okay. without the just. Just. <laughs> just Coke. Just the You're word. You're bad at marketing. Don't, don't call it that. <laughs> just Coke without the just. Um, it was sold as Coke until 1992 when they renamed it Coke 2. Uh, but its sales dwindled and it was eventually fully discontinued in 2002. Meanwhile, the reintroduced, renamed Coca-Cola Classic was crushing both New Coke and Pepsi in sales, which brings us to conspiracy theories. Yes, yes. Medici's did this. <laughs> the Medici's were behind it. So the first conspiracy, <laughs> do you, can you guys guess? I think the conspiracy that I, I kind of have heard about in the ether of, you know, the, my conspiracy nut friends um, is that this is actually all a ploy in the first place mm. to just create this negative PR. Yeah, just a massive marketing stunt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. That is the first and kind of most famous conspiracy theory uh, that they switched the formula just to gin up this response. The Coke president at the time said, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart, (laughs) which I think is a great quote. The second conspiracy theory is around America's national food, uh, high fructose corn syrup, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that Coke had been planning to make the switch from real sugar yeah. to corn syrup and they were using this the new coke launch as a smoke screen to do okay, that so yeah, yeah. people wouldn't get upset that they were removing sugar from the coke mm. uh but bottlers had actually already been making that switch since 1980 and by the time that new coke was launched most had already made the switch so that one doesn't really hold water and then the third one is actually my favorite which is this is the 80s so it's the middle of the war on drugs reagan's incredibly mm. successful campaign <laughs> um and yeah, what happened to drugs <laughs> yeah they, no we, we beat them yeah, they're gone okay. you yeah. never hear about them these days yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as the war on drugs escalated, some people suggested that this was a cover for removing all derivatives of the coca plant in order to placate the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency in in America. However, as far as I can tell, coke still uses coca leaves. They're just 
rather than like fresh leaves, they're spent leaves that have been decocainified at a special plant in New Jersey. Yeah. And this is true. I looked this up. There's this one plant that basically takes the cocaine out of the coca leaf and then they're the only manufacturing plant authorized by the government to import and process coca leaves, which it gets from South America. And then they, when they have extracted the cocaine, they sell it to a different company, which is the only company in the U.S. licensed to purify cocaine for medicinal use. Wow. Just as a little sidebar. They must have extremely productive workers. I was... <laughs> <laughs> they must be tearing through that. I looked it up. I was like, what is the medicinal use of cocaine? I guess, you know, it's an... I think in dentistry that yes, sometimes it is. Yeah, that's it's a, exactly it's an it. anesthetic. It's an anesthetic. And in fact, in like nasal surgery, they'll put it in noses as an anesthetic. So I don't know. Who knows what's actually true or not behind the launch? I think the only thing we can all agree on is that it was a total fiasco. But also that after it was all done, Coke was once again the market leader. Yeah, I would love to taste it. Have you tasted it? Well, they released it in 2019. They did a limited oh. run of it for um, as a tie-in with Stranger Things. Oh, of course. Because oh, really? that takes place in 1985 and they drank new Coke in huh. the show. And they released like 500,000 bottles of it or something. They obviously sold out within seconds. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are lots of like... Buzzfeed articles yeah, from probably 2019. Like, you know, unopened boxes that sell for like yeah. tens of thousands. Yeah, like, totally. Like Pokemon trading, you know, cards or whatever. Like that. Just one quick postscript, though. Uh, the CEO Goizueta said that he never regretted the decision to switch, and he continued to drink new Coke until his death in 1997, which I really respect. Okay, this week I am in the American colonies, or <laughs> thanks for dialing in, or, or the United States of America, okay. as the woke left insist on calling oh, it. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm talking about Route 66 ah. or U.S. Highway 66. Get your kicks. <laughs> Not to be confused with Order 66 or the Clone <laughs> Protocol 66, which was a very reasonable contingency plan developed by Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I it's mean, a little Star I, Wars reference. I got it from Chancellor Palpatine, but boy, howdy, that feels it's, like it's a deep It's when he just cut. says, kill them all, basically. Yeah. Just, cool. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a very funny Star Wars joke. That's so great, Route 66 Star Wars joke. was one of the original highways in the United States numbered highway system. The 66th one? N- no. Oh. We will come on to this. Oh. oh, yeah, there's a whole thing. There are politics. Is it a play. straight line on the 66th parallel? Is that No, not that. No, no. <laughs> okay, I won't guess any further. <laughs> so it was established on November the 11th. 1966. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is my last guest. 1926. Oh. And it's the highway that became arguably the most famous and most iconic, arguably because there are a few other, there's a few others in there, but Name one. I don't pretty know. iconic. I, yeah, I'd, I'd put it up there. Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah. And it became uh, one it of the most famous song. roads in the colonies running from Chicago, Illinois, <laughs> through Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico and Arizona before ending up in Santa Monica in Los Angeles County, California. Yes, it does. <laughs> Covering a total of... 66 actually, miles. Guess, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> guess how many miles... Oh boy. Chicago to Santa Monica, um, two thousand seven hundred miles. Yeah, t- two, t- yeah, twenty four hundred. It's twenty four forty eight. Well, that's pretty wow. close miles. 
That Amazing. is pretty close. Um, so it runs, yeah, from Chicago to Santa but Monica, California. I'm also like taking into account the length of the pier in Santa Monica as well, which is <laughs> yeah. notorious. Oh, sorry, no, which is two, you, 300 more yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 300 miles. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my mistake. No, fair enough. Yeah, uh, and little known fact, it does actually only go in that direction. So it's a one-way road from Chicago <laughs> to Santa Monica, California. No, that's, that's a, a lot, fact. Right? That's no, a fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hang on, I feel like I would have known that. Once you get on it, you got to go. Wait, were you close? potentially believing that yeah I was yeah I was phenomenal just like what do we do our car is stuck in Santa Monica you plane you get a plane back you ship it you ship it in a plane Um, so that's not true and uh, in John Steinbeck's novel The Grapes of Wrath uh, or The Grapes of Wrath I suppose yes sorry that's how I pronounce it Roth. The, <laughs> uh, in 1939, the highway symbolizes, quote, escape, loss, and the hope of a new beginning, mm. which is also the title of my ex wife's autobiography. <laughs> Zing, boom, boom. Little good. joke. Yeah. So the US 66 <laughs> Your ex wife was illiterate. That's the joke. <laughs> of course, she was an illiterate famously. serf you know, in the 1700s, because yeah. as we know. He's a time traveler. Well, he's a time traveler, yeah. yeah. She definitely couldn't read. US 66 was a primary route for people who migrated west it being a one-way road yeah. especially during the dust bowl of the 1930s what, what the dust bowl what? oh yeah the great depression the dust bowl okies i've heard the great depression yeah what was the dust bowl it's just the same name for the same thing yeah well are you about to talk about it well, the, the, why don't you go through go for it uh it was basically the just like ramifications of the great depression a lot of there was also maybe like a climate element yeah a lot of farms failed oh, right, okay. uh, and so a lot of settlers moved from oklahoma and generally in the midwest out to california looking for farm work and that's the plot of east of eden yeah, yeah, and there was also it was not East of Eden, um, grapes of wrath. Right, yeah, and of mice and men. I think they're on the aren't they on the road was, for a similar wrote about one farm thing. worker. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. So it was like the desertification of of this whole area and the yeah. kind of and the progressive migration west of all these people just looking for like agricultural labor. There's a really famous um, photo you may have seen of a black and white of a really poor woman holding like three kids. Dorothea yeah. Lang yeah. took it. Anyway, that's a very famous dust bowl. Yeah, I remember when that was taken. <laughs> and people uh, people along the route became quite prosperous as people then were driving along this road and they later fought to keep it alive in the face of the growing threat of becoming bypassed by the newfangled interstate highway mm. system. Eisenhower. Mm. That's right. Very good. So, yeah, and in fact, I'll come on to Eisenhower okay. and his influence in a moment. Uh, so in the end, uh, progress eventually came, as it does for us all, <laughs> for Route 66. Aww. And um, despite the many improvements and realignments over its lifetime, it was, it was officially removed from the US highway system in... 1985, ah. after it was entirely replaced by segments of that interstate highway system. And portions of the road uh, that passed through Illinois, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, New Mexico and Arizona have been communally designated a national scenic highway. When you yeah, I was going to say, name, they didn't like bulldoze the road. It still exists. It's just not... Uh in the highway system anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't yeah. like actively send yeah. out millions of people Carpet to hack it up or, or like. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I want to say communally identified as. That just means like a bunch of people with no authority has just said this thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, okay. It's just like being turned into a local tourist attraction yeah, yeah, for little yeah, yeah. bits of little segments of it. Yeah. And But some of it is now just um, totally unpaved like overgrown mm. you know and that kind of thing is that true absolutely yeah oh wow okay i still yeah. thought you could drive the whole thing you can but bits of it if you were to drive the uh, like the the most iconic original route that was active during the 30s to the sort of 70s then you'd be driving bits of it would be huh. tra- like off dirt track now yeah. basically cool. yeah that's pretty cool and here we go so you've already been told the year it was officially designated as route 66 mm. which was 1926. Yes, correct. Okay, but guess what year it was started. So construction started on this interstate, well, not on this, one of the original, what would become one of the original Hmm. US highways. Construction started when? Ant first. I'm guessing this would be super, super early. Um, like some section of it to say, oh, we've got this grand idea. So like uh, probably 50 years before or something like that. Like I think really early. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to push you here on a, on a, on a year. Mm, okay. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's say 1870. 1870. I'm going to say 1906. Ant has won one oh, of the US quiz thingies. Wow. The year is 1857. Wow. Oh, nice. That's nice. very Three old. Civil War. There was a guy called Lieutenant Edward Fitzgerald Beale, who was a naval officer in the U.S. Army Corps of Topographical Engineers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seen a lot of action, mate. <laughs> no, the yeah. Army Corps of Engineers is is a big deal. Yeah, but the, the topographical the topographical section. Corps of Engineers. Yeah. Maybe are, that's just yeah. what they used to call. Yeah, they just collect. I maps. support Lieutenant Beale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was ordered by the War Department to build a government-funded wagon road mm. along the 35th parallel. And quite weirdly, his secondary orders were to test the feasibility of the use of camels as pack animals <laughs> in the southwestern desert. This guy really isn't achieving a lot in his career with those two orders. <laughs> I think he achieved a lot. I'm proud of him. He was literally just given a bunch of camels and they were just like, right, Bill, <laughs> just go west. Go. Wow. <laughs> just go. Uh, is yeah. this why we all use camels now yeah. in, in the States? And famously, yes, this is why our, why yeah. our um, civilizationally wide use of camels, <laughs> this is where it comes That's from. That's right. That's exactly so the, right. So the numerical designation at 66 was much argued over because each state had to use different numbers okay. themselves yeah. in different contexts. Uh-huh. And they had also had a, a system whereby different numbers were at lower latitudes than the mm. other ones. And so there was a big 
hoo-ha over what number they were going to choose eventually and eventually but ultimately they settled on 66 because it rhymes with the most things for the song (laughs) they wrote the song first yeah they're like sorry we already have the chorus get your kicks on root it can't be root 57 (laughs) it could be 56 though what no Uh, but, but, but like i'm assuming 66 because no one state had the maximum number of roads in one state was 65, let's say. Or potentially because nobody wants to say 66 because... Uh, the devil. The devil's number or something like that was 666. Uh, I, I yeah, know. so it was it was going to be 60 and then Missouri kicked off and uh, they had to change it to 66. And, the, and eventually when it was finally... When maps finally came out showing it, Missouri was still putting it on there as 60 until they had to... Like eventually they got into wow. like classic Missouri. Ugh, I hate Missouri. <laughs> And the beginning of the decline of US 66 came in 1956 with the signing of the Interstate Highway Act by President Eisenhower, That's right. who was influenced by his own experience in 1919 when he was a young army officer and he was crossing the country in a truck convoy. Not a camel? (laughs) Sorry, in a a camel convoy (laughs) and generally thought it was a terrible experience compared to what he'd seen in Germany of the Autobahn network, which uh, tracks, yeah, was better. Yeah. (laughs) Yet they can still only go 55 miles an hour. No. In the US? In the US. No. No, my friend. In in many places in the in the Midwest and the in the upper mountain west, it's unlimited. Is that right? Uh, really? In a lot of places but... it's now up to seventy five or even eighty. Oh. Yeah. Like Montana, I think, has no speed limit on part I of the stand interstate. Corrected. Most will... I'd say most places, especially in the big wide open states, it's sixty five or seventy. Yeah. But you will struggle to get the camels over forty five. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you will. You have limit. to incentivize them heavily. Yeah. Massively, yeah. yeah. And then when the highway was decommissioned, sections of the road were disposed of in many cities. Although, as I said, a bunch of cities still kept the 66 designation for the stretches that they kept kind of in memorial of the yeah. thing to, tour it, to get, bring the tourists in. But overall, though, uh, assigning a mythical importance to tarmac <laughs> is really dumb. And there's nothing romantic about it at all. And that's everything you need to know about Route 66. Oh, I, mean, I feel so attacked because I was literally planning in my head. Maybe I'll ride my <coughs> motorbike all along 66. That's so romantic. So romantic. <laughs> I'm no. attaching a lot of value. and It's and a piece of tarmac. tarmac. Yeah, okay, fine. You was- know... You know, my favorite thing about everything you just did. So in early years, when we have trouble coming up with things, we just look at who died in that year. And you had the the entirety of 1985 and you still picked a thing that died in 1985. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. It's real last minute stuff. Oh, so good. Nineteen eighty-five. My turn. Yes. Perilous year. Lots going on. Um, I was potentially conceived <laughs> in eighty-five. Okay. 85. All right. Uh, Let's just breeze right past that one. <laughs> no, I was going to cover that in full, actually, but uh, <laughs> going to push that. This is upsetting. <laughs> but one of the things that I wanted to cover um, is it, because it was kind of hard to, to make anything jokey about some really serious stuff that did happen and still kind of affects geopolitics today, such as New Coke. Yeah, I can't exactly. believe you've treaded those waters. Yeah, I'm willing to you speak know, truth to power. You're going to get added big time. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing that I want to talk about is uh, the weather, because, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone can talk about the weather politely. Yeah. Uh, scientists from the British uh, Arctic Survey uh, sorry, Antarctic Survey, British Antarctic Survey. <laughs> oh, I was like, yes, his name is and Ant. <laughs> the discovery of a hole in the ozone Ooh. layer. 
And uh, th this is quite detrimental because the ozone layer protects us. And we're going to go into a bit more detail and science in a bit. Um, and I'm sure you guys have definitely heard about the ozone layer. Most of our listeners have, had, have heard about it. It's, you know, it's one of these, you just talked about the sort of marketing and, you know, knowledge of of everyone knowing about new coke yeah the ozone layer is an extremely successful marketing campaign by 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 activists god has a really good pr department really good really good um i thought i'd dive a bit deeper now uh first of all i think i need to explain exactly what ozone is and what its role is and why it's important and why a hole is bad um so in the words of a renowned philosopher and great thinker of our time, scientist and just overall laureate, uh, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. here comes the science bit. <laughs> um, when did she say that? She massively famous campaign for like L'Oreal when she did the ad. It's like, here comes the science bit. Oh, and I don't remember that. Vitamin E is going into your hair and yeah. doing good stuff. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't listening for that part, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, ozone. Okay, so just to go over a brief, some sort of, you know, mid-level high school uh, chemistry stuff. Ozone is simply oxygen atoms in a specific combination. So oxygen that we normally believe, breathe is like two atoms stuck together. Um, ozone is three of these atoms stuck together in a chemical bond together. Oxygen, as we know, is highly reactive. It causes rust, aging. It's the main components of all froths and foams. <laughs> you know, it's really important stuff. Wow. Um, all that's regular. You really oxygen. know your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah your, your, your average foam is basically mostly oxygen. Um, um, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, name a foam. I mean, I know you're you're saying it several times, okay, and your voice is high. Name but... one foam. Heston Blumenthal, nothing but oxygen. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's just accept that all foams are mostly oxygen, so we can get and done froth. done with the science. And bit. froth, the main constituency of flotsam and or jetsam, is is oxygen. <laughs> Those are the eels from Little Mermaid. I don't know what's happening, but yeah, just keep going. Anyway, all that's just regular two atom boring oxygen. Boo. When you put three of them together, they take on a really interesting property where they actually help stop and deflect ultraviolet light, or specifically UVA and B, which is two sort of segments of the spectrum. And that actually prevents that from coming through from the sun and giving everyone skin cancer. So all this O3 floats up and f forms protective barrier in the stratosphere, which is how far up is the stratosphere? Oh, the stratosphere. The stratosphere. stratosphere. I'm going to say 25 kilometers. Mm hmm. I'm going to say 25 miles. 10. <laughs> oh, come 25 on. 25 miles. Yeah. It is between 20 and 25 kilometers. So ah. Well done, Will. Although I do, you know, have issue with the whole stratosphere in quotation. It should be stratus like flat. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> stratus flat. Stratus, stratus flat. flat. Um, <laughs> but the interesting thing, though, and I didn't know this actually, is that. Uh, ozone is actually not actually that plentiful, so there is approximately three. Only one of them. <laughs> There's approximately three molecules of ozone per ten million um, molecules of air, so that's still enough to keep the bad sun away from us. Wow, so it's really hmm. not that plentiful at all. Um, but of course, there's so much air above us that this layers up and that kind of stuff as well. Hmm. So the BAS, British Antarctic <laughs> Survey, okay. as I call yeah. them, they do all these tests the whole time you can actually go on their website and download all their data if you want to and look at the core samples and it transforms over years it's fascinating stuff really highly recommend it for date night okay um, <laughs> I've, put, I've put together some slides and i'll take you through later but they've been taking samples of the atmosphere and they've noticed a drop of in ozone and they couldn't explain it and they've noticed there's about a four percent drop 
over the Antarctic that occurred um, in the springtime when the sun came up because, uh, well, they actually didn't know why. And so this sparked a worldwide study and scientific intrigue. And it was discovered that the mid since the mid-70s it had been dropping and dropping and dropping. And uh, th th the race was on for discovering the cause and how what does it mean? Because they knew it was actually potentially quite bad. So enter one of the heroes of the tale, Dr. Susan Solomon. She was an American atmospheric scientist and she led the investigation in the Antarctic and from there discovered uh, discovered this the, the, the reason behind it. So you all know the cause and the baddie in the story, don't you? So what is it? CFCs. Well. Oh no, have I walked into a trap? You've got, you've got a look <laughs> CFCs, on your face well. like I've walked into a trap. Um, well, it depends on your position, whether you... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wrong. Capitalism. Oh, yeah. That's always the problem. Well, uh, corporate greed, definitely. Um, but CFCs is, is, is basically the actual chemical reason why. Uh, so a bit more science. So chlorofluorocarbons. There's a sort of a family of like these... these when you combine... Uh, it's molecules that can combine carbon, fluorine and chlorine. Um, and... It also goes under the snazzy brand name of Freon. So if you've ever heard of Freon mm -hmm, and like air mm -hmm. cooling, this is this is this. Um, it's the creme de la creme of primo, cheap, flame-proof, non-toxic propellant. Mm. So you could stick it into anything you wanted. You could use it for extinguishing fires. You could put it into a bottle. And you, you, Would you say it's a foam? You could make then, foam from it. <laughs> if you're extinguishing a fire with a foam made of oxygen, you're going to have a bad time. No, okay, so okay. when I said before that all foams are made of oxygen. Well, oh, really? Oh, you were maybe... oh, you're going to walk that one right <laughs> back, huh? Look, I've grown as a person. I like to acknowledge my mistakes in the past, my flaws, and I hope that we can get through this together that some foams do contain other things than oxygen okay rare that they are and when they do they turn out to be quite evil um <laughs> anyway so it, it, and it evaporates very quickly so this is ideal for like you know anything that you want to evaporate quickly not affect the food not poison the people that you're doing or like spraying it onto like deodorants etc and uh no re residue etc magic stuff uh capitalism is very happy they can make this in abundance and sell all the products you get cheese whip you get whatever you want mm. One unforeseen consequence to this magical gas was that high in the atmosphere, it actually broke down when exposed to sunlight in a process called photodissociation. Oh. Um, and what happens is the, the CFCs break down when an atom of the chlorine sort of escapes from this bond. So this bond breaks down and chlorine ejects out of it. It's known as a free radical mm -hmm. because it's a free, it's just a free spirit. It doesn't mm. want to be yeah, held back. Yeah, it doesn't it's want to be bonded. Um, and then that goes off and then that knocks... Uh, ozone apart so it actually says no don't bond together in a trio bond with me and it makes a uh it makes a new uh, molecule um which then actually then breaks down over time and frees up the, the chlorine again so what you have then is you have this sort of effective ca catalytic chain reaction where you constantly have this chlorine moving from uh, from 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 uh, ozone to ozone molecule and breaking it all up, mm. and so this one free love, yeah, this exactly really gets around. Dr. Susan Solomon led a press conference and information campaigns, and uh, people became very worried because skin cancer was you know is very visible threat. It was very understandable. It was very present. It was you know nearby, and uh, is very much on the horizon. Um, and thankfully, the solution to this was actually relatively cheap and straightforward. I think that... Wear a hat. <laughs> Wear a hat. Yeah, yeah. Just don't go outside. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's honestly been my solution. <laughs> Let capitalist progress continue yeah. and don't go outside. Yeah. You, you, you are nothing but a purchase pig. Yeah, just keep spending money. Um, <laughs> why, why couldn't we just keep using the CS, CFCs, but 
maybe put like a giant orbital sombrero <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's a uh, great question. I think it wasn't until about ten years later they had the sombrero technology in place to do that. Right. You know. Right, so yeah. I mean, had it had this come up now, I'm sure we would have all been yeah basking under the the cool <laughs> shade of the giant sombrero in yeah. the sky. Okay, got it. Thank you. Yeah, good. Um. So, but. The, the, the the solution to this was actually stop using CFCs. And yeah. thankfully the replacement for this, which was HCFC, which is hydrocarbon uh, alternatives. Yeah. So yeah. But the reason why it actually was able to be done was one, the public awareness and the pressure on politicians and stuff. Uh, there was movies, TVs, everything. It was just part of the zeitgeist where mm-hmm. everyone knew about this thing. You know, this is like... For the first time, I think really everybody sort of understood that the environment was in, in jeopardy. Before that, it was like, yeah, keep burning tires in your yeah. backyard. It's totally fine. So it wasn't any skin off the back or nose of most corporations. So DuPont was the one that had the free on patent. But it was so cheap that it's actually, yeah, capitalism can still truck on and we're going to be fine without it. Whereas if you look at some of the things today that are still environmentally impactful, there's not really a che- as cheap alternative in many places. And I guess it was one of those ones where there was like a very clear mechanism, right? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. stop using this stuff or it has this very clear yeah. chemical effect. Um, and pretty much everyone can understand that, can't they? Yeah, exactly. And, and just a few short uh, years later, in 1987, uh, the Montreal Protocol was signed. Um, how many countries do you think signed the Montreal Protocol? Montreal's one of the... One of the ones with highest adherence i think i would put it 187 mm. okay so how, how many people how many countries do you think didn't sign it oh two mm. maybe well. one <laughs> uh there's, there's got to be a couple of standouts yeah i reckon i reckon two usually it's like the Turkmenistan u.s and at the time Syria was quite silly i think yeah yeah so, uh, wrong every single okay. country signed it i did wonder yeah every single country is the, it remains the only treaty that has been signed by every planet, every planet? every planet, <laughs> every, every sorry, I've been giving away my alien roots. Yeah, every, every country on the planet. Yeah, so it's the okay, only one of cool. all time ever. Um, and that actually agreed to sort of a step down, ramp down of using CFCs very quickly, and to replace them with H- HCFCs or some other other alternative. It's been ratified nine times uh, to expand it to other problematic chemicals. When they found one of the HCFCs was problematic, they ex- included that as well. Um, there is one notable. Uh, exception to a gas, a very famous gas that does break down the um, ozone layer, and that's nitrous oxide, which is actually one of these other ones that I can actually. Yes. Oh, but how am I supposed to drag race without my nos? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Vin Diesel, yeah, drag racing. Um, what What are we supposed to do? Talk to each other? <laughs> yeah. But as a result of all this, great news: the ozone layer is healing. Um, so the ozone levels are actually increasing the atmosphere and we expect to get back to uh, 1980s level uh, by the ni- uh, by 2050, 2070. That's pretty good. So, something like that. so a remarkable international effort and also probably the reason why I'm still so pasty and white. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you just blame it on the ozone layer. <laughs> blame it on the ozone layer, yeah, for sure. But look, but famously look like a 98-year-old. <laughs> but famously look like a 98-year-old. Yeah. Sweet, sweet UVA. I, I get the UVA yeah, yeah, he, o- he only yeah, yeah. lets those I'm ones taking in. supplements. <laughs> that was great. I want to get ahead of one thing because I, mm. I know we'll get thousands of emails about this. You did call it Cheese Whip. It is cheese whiz. Cheese whiz. Yes. What's so everybody whip? put your pens down. Is cheese down. whip a thing? I don't think so. What, is, what are either of these things? I can make a whip cheese. whiz cheese. is like a can, like a whipped cream can It's basically cheese. a can full of like 
cheese Li- juice and oxygen. Foamy <laughs> to make you. It is. It does. It's, it's a foam, so it's, it's oxygen. Extremely flammable. You've got the you know, perfect trifecta of like. This is a sprayable cheese. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Not a, not like a not like spray paint. Yeah, you got a range about like 40, 50 feet little, of it. A little so bit. You can like, really, you can really, yeah, get it like from a cheese cannon. It's yeah, sort yeah. of like the yeah the consistency of toothpaste. Right. Yeah. But it's cheese. <laughs> really it. And you can brush your teeth with it. They use it, it for anti-riots. This is really home. You get upset all our French listeners. <laughs> this is amazing. I didn't know this thing existed. Good. Thanks for joining us. That's everything you'd ever need to know about the year 1985. We're all going to go watch Back to the Future and introduce (laughs) Will to the concept of cheese whiz. Um, Before we go, I wanted to say a quick shout out to our newest Patreon board member, Hillary. Thank you so much for your support. Erudite. Um, Classy. Absolutely. All those intelligent. things. Intelligent. She's never eaten cheese whip in her life. Never. Dang no, it, no, you've no, got no. me calling it cheese whip <laughs> cheese now. Cheese whip. You're in my head. She oh. is the chlorine to our O3. <laughs> <laughs> what, she drives us apart and ruins uh, the world? <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, and if you'd like to also join the club board, then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash randomly history. Yeah. Go there and have a look. And you too could maybe be shouted out and slash compared to something terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're lucky. Anyway, it's time to move on and get our next year. So, Will, could you please just roll out the RNG, dust it off and give us a new year? I can. And as a reminder, we are setting the random number generator in accordance with the club rules to choose a year between 1000 BCE and 2000 CE. And the year is... 177. Ooh. Okay. Back to the Romans. Yeah. Thanks, RNG. Yay. Have you done... So have we done one from this century yet? I don't think so, no. I think... we have? No, not, no, not have. of A... Okay. No, we haven't. We haven't done of CE or BCE 100 something, something. I don't okay. think. So well, that's exciting. Oh, yay. Second century. <laughs> yeah, loads on that. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's going to be there. great. That was actually when Route 65, the <laughs> yes. construction started. I think that's right. Yeah. Original Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. Well, there's got to be some Roman stuff. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be fine. And <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll see you then. See you next week. Toodles. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.